Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross, at Managing Editor of Fightful.com and FightfulMMA.com. UFC 221 tonight. This is technically the February 10th show. It's February 11th right now. It's like February 15th or something in Australia right now. I can't even keep track. But before I get into this, we also we have more Australia news. Anna Bauer, uh, reporter for Fightful.com, will be at this uh, upcoming weekend's New Japan show in Perth, where... The UFC was tonight, so uh, that's worth checking out. Also, I have video updates and tons of articles over on Fightful.com and YouTube.com slash Fightful on uh, the UFC and especially the Chris Cyborg situation. I am joined by the guy that you see delivering, I mean, gosh, exclusives every single day, James Lynch. You got an exclusive with Sarah Morris's cat. I did. Tumbles. Tumbles. Everyone's going to get to meet Tumbles if they go to Fightful.com. Now, what's what's the name of yours in the back there? Oh, oh, he's there. Uh, that's Fuji. I have a soft spot for Siamese cats. It's, he's not Siamese. Everyone what? gets that wrong. He's a uh, British short hair seal point. I used to have a seal point, but so he's he's got he's got the you know the the Siamese look with the seal yeah. point, but he's a British short hair. So does he shed a lot? When my seal point always shed like crazy. <laughs> yes, he does shed a yes. lot. He's sometimes if you see some of my interviews, you'll see him in the background. He likes to hang out. Yeah. He's kind of like my silent co-host, but uh, I'm hoping he'll. Uh, yeah, it looks like he's he's just being a regal right now. He's going to sit in the corner, so it's all good. Well, guys, that's all we got. Thank you for joining the <laughs> Fightful.com Cat Podcast. <laughs> uh, James Lynch joining me tonight. You know, it was funny because as I, you know, all these events were starting to pile up. It's looking like you will be at UFC 223 in a couple of months. Yeah. My God, that weekend is going to be the most psychotic weekend that a that a crossover website could ever cover. Friday night, Bellator MMA, and a ton of WrestleMania weekend events. Saturday night, at the same time, James, you will be at UFC 223. Uh, WWE NXT TakeOver and Ring of Honor, all running shows. UFC used to steer clear of WrestleMania weekend, but... They're going all in on this one. Yeah, and it's one of their biggest cards of the year. I mean, you've got the the lightweight fight. You've got the Rose uh, rematch uh, with Joanna. I mean, it's they, they always do this every now and then. They'll throw like a really good card in sort of a few months before International Fight Week and give sort of a, some nice flavor. It used to be sort of the Conor McGregor card, but since he's nowhere to be found, uh, this is what they've uh, replaced it with. But uh, I'm looking forward to that card in a couple months. And uh, as soon as I saw the lineup, I was like, I got to go. We got to make this happen. So... Uh... This UFC 221 show. By the way, guys, I'll probably be doing like three shows that night somehow. It's going to be crazy. <laughs> and Joe's going to be covering Titan FC that weekend uh, doing commentary. So 
I don't know who I'm going to track down for that, but I'll track down somebody. But UFC 221, man, on paper, this was not a good-looking show, at least from a, a, a headliner perspective, from a marquee perspective. But I think that uh, almost all the right people that UFC needed to win won this show. The UFC's uh, heavyweight division, the stock, just shot through the roof. Lots of good stuff tonight. Yeah, good card. Uh, it started off a little bit slow with those three straight decisions, and then you had a couple finishes. And really, I think uh, the, the sort of the the benefit of this card tonight, like you were saying, the, the guys are supposed to win, is we got to see a lot of the up-and-comers get uh, big victories. I mean, uh, you know, we talked about um, – well, we haven't talked about it yet, but, uh, you know, uh, Israel making his debut, obviously looking very good there. Um, you have, uh, you know, Jake Matthews getting a win tonight. He's been on a bit of a rough stress. Alex Vol- Volkanovsky – dominant dominant win over jeremy kennedy who was uh, previously undefeated i mean there's so much to talk about on this card but really i think uh you know you, you have this great main event to sort of cap things off but i think the focus of tonight was really on sort of the up-and-comers and i'm cool with that they need to do a better job of promoting fighters and i think this was a good uh, sampling of that tonight so the, the headline fight yoel romero versus luke rockhold my god i'm gonna try to explain to my wife the ufc middleweight title situation this was half of a title fight. Yoel Romero missed weight. He took the fight on about four weeks' notice, and he is a very thick middleweight at that. But, I mean, Luke Rockhold is also a giant middleweight, but he knew that he was going to fight well before this. Uh, Robert Whitaker had a stomach infection, was unable to make it to Perth to fight, and Yoel Romero became the not-UFC interim middleweight champion on this show. It started off kind of slow. You know, this was this is Rockhold's game a lot of the time. He'll stay on the outside, and Romero seemed to, you know, very comfortable with allowing that to happen. In the second round, we saw Romero go to the body a lot after he rocked Rockhold with a shot, and then things slowed down again out of nowhere. The power of Romero puts puts Rockhold to sleep. In our preview on the Holy Smokes MMA podcast, which which airs Tuesdays at three p.m. Eastern. Like it's this is something that we kind of talked about myself and Joe. There's you know you always hear explosive, 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 but it was Rockhold who had half the average time in in cage than Yoel Romero. Yoel Romero on average goes about this long in his fights, about twelve minutes. Luke Rockhold goes about six, six and a half. So this was the the Yoel Romero game, and it played to perfection. Apparently, James. Certainly did. Um, I mean, just as you, sort of the fight was going along, th- that's the thing with uh, Yoel Romero is, you know, he's always got that knockout punch. And, uh, you know, it just sort of, you know, the fight was sort of steadily going along. He didn't really know what was going to happen. And then out of the nowhere, uh, you know, uh, Romero just lands that shot and Rockhold's out. And I mean, anytime Luke Rockhold fights, I hate to say it, he still leaves his chin out there a little bit. His, his, you know, his defense isn't, isn't that great. And, uh, you know, he paid the price for it tonight against, you know, one of the probably the you know biggest power puncher in the division, uh, you know at least in my opinion, is uh, you know in, in Ural Romero. So uh, so you know it happens. You know that's the risk when you fight a guy like this. You can be as tactical as you want uh, heading into a fight, but there's always that risk of getting knocked out. And uh, Rockhold pay the price. And you know it's hard to believe now Rockhold's lost two of his last three fights. Um, you know kind of crazy for a guy that looked like he was going to be dominating the middleweight division for a while when he beat Chris Weidman, but uh, not the case anymore. Even you look at Romero and. Uh, virtually everybody thought that Jacare won that fight. So yeah. you could argue that Yoel Romero is is two and two over his last four, and he, he beat Chris Weidman and knocked him out pretty viciously. And that's really the only guy in that division, like maybe Gaslam, but Gaslam, like there's that that carousel of guys that they just beat each other. And now Robert Whitaker's in a situation where there's like I, I mean, you could give it to Romero, but Romero just lost to Whitaker. Yeah, and I know. Lost to Whitaker on one leg. Like I thought that was like movie style comeback that like Luke, Robert Whitaker beat his ass on one leg and then the next fight he didn't make weight and Dana White didn't seem that upset by uh missing weight considering uh the the late notice per se. How did you react to that? Because it's not a surprise these days anymore like when this happens. It's just not a surprise when it happens anymore. Yeah, I mean it's it's unfortunate. I mean Romero, what's Romero's track record? I, think, I don't think he's ever missed weight before. Uh, you know, heading into a into a fight, so uh, you know, a little bit surprising. Who knows what the circumstances were? You know, I often wonder when they do these cards in uh, you know different places, like you know whether it was Brazil, like we had the whole issue last week with the hotel. Um, you know, y- you never know what to sort of expect, but uh, yeah, just it, it's a bummer. You know, what two pounds is. 
you know, the difference between wearing gold tonight and not wearing gold. It's kind of crazy to think that way. But uh, yeah, just kind of just the middleweight division, I think it's just cursed at this point. You know, like you had the whole thing with Bisping, you know, holding out for the GSP fight. And then you had these interim titles and Whitaker was supposed to be on this card. Like, I don't know what's happening now, but uh, and I don't even know what you do. Like, there's there's an argument that that's out there right now that says that, you know, even though Romero won this fight, he should still have to fight someone else to fight Whitaker. Um, just because he missed weight, I don't know about that, but uh, there, there's so many weight. Like it's it's really up in the air right now. You know, you've got basically three people right now, sort of in the carousel with Romero. It's you know Weidman, Gaslam, and, and Jockery at this point, and and other than that, um, you know, there's a bit of a drop off. So I don't know what the UFC does here. I don't know, you know, what's when Whitaker's going to be back, but uh, yeah, it's uh, a lot of confusion right now in that division. Oh my god, that division in six seven months could be like the top fifteen is going to be crazy because Machida, I didn't think he beat Eric Anders. He probably shouldn't even be there. Uh, You have Vitor Belfort, who is supposedly retiring soon. Uriah Hall, who said that he almost died trying to make middleweight. Well, I don't get the feeling he'll be fighting there much longer. Michael Bisping has a retirement fight scheduled. Luke Rockhold has often flirted with the idea of moving to 205. Uh, Romero, even though he missed weight, I don't think that he's going to be moving up. But that's four or five names. They just had Anderson Silva drop out of the rankings because of the suspension and everything. That's five or six of your top 15 names that just fall right out. And you do have some promising uh, guys in there. You have Paulo Costa and Tiago Santos, who has looked really, really good. But Tiago Santos isn't ready for a title shot. I mean, I guess if they were really, really pushed up against the wall and they had a show to book in Australia, they could do that. It's not probably going to draw on pay-per-view, but it would it would put asses in seats with – Robert Whitaker, sure, but man, what a what a mess! Uriah Hall is still ranked number nine in that division. Yeah, uh, I, I don't I don't know what you do, and you know it's funny. Uh, you talked about Rockhold there. Um, you know, I just I threw a tweet out before we did the show saying, you know, I wonder if Rockhold moves up to late heavyweight at this point. I mean, he's lost two fights now. Middleweight division's a little crowded at the moment. Like we just mentioned those contenders and everything. Like maybe he does do that. Cause he, I mean, you saw the post fight interview yet or the post um, interview he did at the weigh-ins yesterday. He sounded awful and he looked awful and, and it looks like it is a tough cut for him. So I wonder if maybe going up to lay have you, it would be better. And of course I'm getting all these people tweeting me saying, Oh, well that's not going to change his chin. I get that. But I'm just saying if, if he's, you know, he's, he's a tall guy for the division. I think he, he would fill out well in light heavyweight and looking at the top 10 in light heavyweight. Might be a better fit for him at two, this point. Two fights away from a title fight there, maybe. Pretty much, exactly. Like, and and DC's fighting at heavyweight, so you know it wouldn't be sort of a conflict there. So who knows? Yeah, and Gustafson, I mean, if Gustafson gets another win, he's probably getting a title shot at some point, but the man never fights. Yeah. And then after that, like, I, I've, I've often said this, Shogun Hua is like on the fringe of getting a title shot in that division in yep. 2018. He's like, number had, six. Yeah, and it has like three wins in a row. And had he fought when he was supposed to last year and won, he might have been in the conversation. That's, oh my God, that's such, it's such a mess, the middleweight and light heavyweight divisions. And even heavyweight until tonight was looking a little grim here and there. And, you know, there was, there was a spot. I thought that like the three super fights that were being teased all made sense outside of maybe Bantamweight because you have Jimmy Rivera and Marlon Marias, but those two can fight each other to determine the next contender. And then that would make sense. There's no clear-cut contender at flyweight. There's none at heavyweight. There's none at light heavyweight. There's none at women's uh, featherweight. And they just made Raquel Pennington and Amanda Nunes, and that's fine. She was about as clear-cut of a contender as there was there. But if she loses, then there's none there either. Yeah. I know Hot it's dog. true. It's, it's, it's just a weird sort of state we're in right now as far as uh, every division. And, and you just mentioned it there. Um, yeah, there's nothing really clear cut. And I, I think, you know, because there's so many fighters in the UFC, you have to have like one of those highlight reel spectacular performances. And we just haven't seen that from a lot of these fighters. And that's just the reality. So now you're just it's just run of the mill. Right. So I, I think the Max Holloway injury really forced UFC's hand because. I thought they were going to go all in on all those three those three super fights, and they kind of had to split it up a little bit. And they had Pennington and Nunez in Brazil and Cyborg. The funniest thing is when people were like, "Card saved!" <laughs> it's yeah. like <laughs> Kunitskaya. Yeah, sure, she saved the show, guys. But otherwise, I, I thought the UFC would have done well to do like a super fight series where each show for three months was headlined by a super fight. I thought that could have been really great stuff, and. They they have, I think it's Caitlin Vieira fighting Kat Zingano. Sure, let the winner 
fight Cyborg or whatever in the future because Caitlin Vieira would probably be 145 or anyway. But that's that's the rabbit hole we're down. There is no clear cut contender. You think you think Tyron Woodley wants to fight <laughs> Robert Whitaker? He gets that super fight that he wants so bad. No, he's probably going to fight Nate Diaz by the looks of it. Oh my god! Oh my god! Don't even get me started on that. But yeah, <laughs> that is such a. Du- I mean, hey, maybe it'll sell some pay per views, but. It'll be. We gotta have. I mean, we gotta have some sort of ranking system here. I mean, if that like that's my biggest thing with the Diaz fight. It's just like he's coming off a loss. I get that he shouldn't be ranked. Fight. He hasn't fought since 2016. Exactly, and he hasn't fought at welterweight since Rory McDonald threw him to the other side of the octagon. Yeah, my God, you remember and, that? And, he just suplexed him. Yeah, oh, of course. And I mean, Woodley will wrestle the hell out of Nate Diaz. My God. Yeah. That's your main event, guys. Yo Romero did not become UFC middleweight champion, but there was some other fun stuff on the show. Uh, Curtis Blades defeated Mark Hunt, and he weathered one hell of a storm. This is a man who is, he'll be 27, I think, next week. He has an 82-inch reach. He ha- he's got one loss. That's to Francis Ngannou. He's taken Francis Ngannou and Mark Hunt's best shots and has lived to tell about it. Stayed conscious in both. Has a great wrestling background. Uh, should be riding a four-fight winning streak right now if it wasn't for that BS overturn of the, the marijuana failure. But after that first round, Curtis Blades looked good, and he took the air right out of that room. Yeah, and I saw some people on social media. I mean, of course, you're going to get that. Probably people who are putting money on Hunt saying that, you know, it was unimpressive. But look, he, he's, he's a good wrestler. He could get the takedown, and it's not like he was on top just stalling. He was landing shots. He was, you know, trying to advance his position. I thought it was a great performance tonight from from Curtis Blades, and I threw a tweet out there tonight, you know, talking about the matchmaking. I thought it was a great move because, you know, you have Blades, who now has sort of that signature win on his resume. If you look at the guys he's fought, kind of, you know, no name, not any sort of really notable notable names in there, but now he's got the Mark Hunt on there, and that always looks good on the resume. And again, getting that experience of going into someone's backyard, dealing with the fans and all that stuff, and going in there and taking out a, you know, a legend in Mark Hunt, I think looks good on Curtis Blades. And, you know, the heavyweight division, they needed this badly because there are no prospects. Steve Miosic has pretty much beat all the sort of the top contenders in there. And, and you know, now you've got Curtis Blades who, you know, could be a couple fights away from, from a title shot now just with the fact that he, that he got this win. And, and I want to point out one other thing. You know, you talked about him eating the shots early. I think the fact that he did fight Francis Naganu earlier, and I remember when that fight was announced, you know, some people were like, oh, why are they putting two prospects together? That's why, because he probably got some experience in that fight yeah. that he took into the Hunt fight, and we saw it tonight, because a lot of other fighters would have just been done after those Hunt shots, but Blades survived, and he persevered, and he got the W. Here we are talking about Curtis Blades, who is 27. At 26-27 in a UFC heavyweight division, he could be around 10 to 15 years. Like, uh, Mark true. Hunt is 17 years older than him. And Curtis Blades has now faced two guys that have challenged for UFC titles. That's that's not something you often see on the ascension. That's something you'll see like right there when you get to the top or maybe the descension. But uh, that, that UFC heavyweight division, I think, is looking very, very interesting. I like the emergence of Junior Albini, even though he didn't win his last fight. Uh, Alexander Volkov. I, there, there are a lot of guys. UFC should have picked Bellator clean. They should have got Minikov. They should have got uh, Blagoy Ivanov when he was available. There are a lot of guys that they should have got that I thought would have done them very well. But I mean, Volkov's fighting for Doom, and that's that's a good matchup. I think. I think that's yeah. the smart similar thing. matchup to this one in a way. You know, you, you, you prospect against a veteran. If the prospect happens to win, he's got the nice win on his resume, and people are familiar with him. Because you know, a lot of times, like you know, the, the odd time, uh, you know, especially when you do the prospects videos, you know, you, you get someone being like, "Oh, I don't know who this guy is." Like when Anders fought, you know, there's not a lot of people who know about Anders, but now they know Anders because he fought Machida. So that that's you know, that's what the UFC has to do. They have to when these guys have had their chance at a title. And they're kind of on the tail end. you got to match them up with prospects. That's how you sort of build names going forward. And somebody in the chat saying Mark Hunt has weak de- takedown defense. That doesn't scare anybody. Oh, okay. Well, Frank Mir couldn't do much with it. Frank Mir, <laughs> one of the more accomplished uh, jiu-jitsu players in UFC's heavyweight division ever. Roy Nelson couldn't get it done. I mean, it's you can say that all you want, but I mean – Mark Hunt's got – he's not that easy to get underneath because he's so short. And then when he – when you do try to get under him, he'll post his head, he'll roll out, and he'll catch you with with a hook or an uppercut or something like that and make you pay for it. Withstanding the shots, the, the, the power shots of Mark Hunt, and then immediately being able to land the type of takedown that Curtis Blades did, 
that was impressive to me because Blades did know that he had to go back to his bread and butter. He kind of pawed his jab out there, and you could tell that Mark Hunt had timed him for counters, and he was starting to light Blades up. Yeah, it's true. And can we also point out Mark Hunt, 43 years old, by the way? Like, Yeah. You know, people forget that. He's 43. I mean, he's, you know, he's, he's almost as old as Dan Henderson. Yeah. And now Mark Hunt has one win since since 2016. Since so the Obama he, administration. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> and and he's fought like nothing but killers. He's fought Curtis Blades, who was went into tonight as a top ten heavyweight. He's lost to Alistair Overeem, Brock Lesnar. He lost to Stipe Miocic. He lost to Fabricio Verdum. Uh he lost to Junior Dos Santos. Uh that's since his career resurgence. So he's not getting beat by anything but like top flight guys, in my opinion. While we're on the subject of the heavyweight division, Tai Tuivasa, mother of God, that not maybe even beyond his performance in the cage, his performance on the mic after the fight, that guy is full of charisma. They needed that again. Another another great thing. You got an Australian guy going on the mic. He's undefeated. He's twenty four years old. They need stuff like this. I thought there was a couple guys tonight uh, that really took advantage of their mic time, and that's what you have to do. Uh, you know, the UFC is not going to promote you unless you're a Conor McGregor, and even Conor McGregor does his own self-promoting. So you need to go out there and sort of make a statement. And, and you know, the fact that we're even talking about his post-fight speech, as incredible as his performance was, just shows yeah. you how good that was, right? So, I mean, that, that's what you have to do. And, again, I think a big win tonight for, for the UFC, you know, having this prospect who's, you know, pretty exciting. That was one of the scariest performances that I've ever seen. Like somebody told me to <laughs> to describe it in one word. Nganu-esque is what nice. it was. Yeah. It was Nganu-esque. And I am very excited to see this guy, another young heavyweight. And I was telling you off the air, man, if they want a big main event, like if they want a or co-main event in Australia, Tuivasa versus Mark Hunt, my God, that'll put asses in seats. If they want to go that route, the – the kind of local versus the local per se. Like, what can you say? That was such a one-sided ass kicking affair. Poor asker, man. And like, he wasn't some scrub. He was, I think he went into the fight two and one in the UFC. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, no. like I saw a lot of people saying like terrible matchmaking. Tui Vasa had one UFC fight. I don't think this was bad matchmaking at all. It was, it was a uh, guy who was, okay, he was 2-2 two and two in the UFC going into this, but uh, had two finishes, two pretty early finishes heading into this. So I thought it was a fair fair match to make. And Tui Vasa, I think you give him, I don't know about a big name or anything like that, but 24, he'll be 25 soon. He's emerged. People know who he is. People are talking about this guy. Yeah. When's uh I was asking I was talking to someone about this the other day. When's Ben Rothwell back? He's a guy that they could oh use God, right now. Yeah. You know, like what's I, he had the USADA uh, flag, it was flagged by USADA, so I wonder when he's gonna come back. But they this is where you know people say, you know, uh some of the, the free agents that left to go to Bellator, you know, they're there's you know saying like it's not a big deal, but it, it you know, this is where you could have these guys like a Matt Mitrione would be like a perfect, you know, guy for blades right now. You know, like they need guys like this and they don't have them because they're in Bellator you know, just hanging out. So I, I think uh, they are missing it from that perspective because really there's a lot of no-name heavyweights out there right now, and I think that's what they're going to have to do going forward because there just isn't a lot of options at this point. They're, they're moving around the musical chairs, but there's only so much combinations they can do. Yeah, Ben Rothwell uh, is – he was notified last March, so it's it's probably going to be a while for him. Yeah. It seems like – and Tui Vasa is a good indication, and Curtis Blades to a degree. It seems like over the past like maybe six – to eight months, we've seen more fresh faces emerge, more people just being talked about the Colby Covingtons, the Darren Teals, even James Vick to a degree. Like there are these new fresh guys in Ganu too, like just some guys that just like they had a lot of promise and all that, but like you're seeing them put themselves out there and they're either charismatic on the microphone or they're charismatic in performance to that degree. And I thought Tuivasa had it all right there. The UFC has got to be hoping that this guy really just is, is the star that Mark Hunt was for that, that area for a while. And you can draw so many similarities from body type to fighting style to, to location. And they're both like Samoan guys. Like this is, 
it's so weird. It's really like like I can't call him a mini me because he's so much bigger than Mark Hunt. It's just it's just kind of cool the, the parallels between these two, and and fighting on the same card as Mark Hunt again. Do you think, smart, he'll, do you you think he'll hit Vanderlei Silva with his ass too? <laughs> he might. Yeah, that I don't know. Happen. We'll have to see. Maybe they can make that. It'll be tough now with Vanderlei and uh, Bellator, right? But uh, you never know. But no, again, I, I think you're you're what you're seeing is. The UFC has to fill up these cards. They have so many fighters on the roster. You have a lot of their superstars just not fighting right now for various reasons. And so they have to give these other opportunities to other people. And I think it's good. You know, I've always said this, you know, treat this like a sport. Get the prospects in the spotlight. Get the, you know, get the up-and-comers. They they need to do a better job of that. And, uh, you know, I think we need to sort of focus on the new wave that's coming through because, you know, there's there's always a transition in MMA. And I I like seeing these prospects like we've seen tonight sort of get, get their shine. Jake Matthews defeated Lee Jing, Lee Jing Lang, and my God, this had one of the I most broke. egregious fouls I've ever seen in my life, James. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. A straight up Ric Flair eye gouge to get out of a guillotine choke. No point deduction. How do you miss that? And he saw him. I, I don't get that either. I mean, that right there, in my opinion, should have been a DQ. I mean, it was, it was clear yeah. as day. How did they not – or how does the referee not call that? I don't know. It's very weird. I mean, you know, the good news is Matthews ended up winning. But, I mean, that could have been like a really – sore spot pun intended uh, for this fight so and you know good on Matthews I mean this is a guy that you know had lost two in a row at lightweight looked like he was going to be one of those busts from the ultimate fighter and now he's won two in a row at welterweight and he's looking pretty good you know I think to be able to overcome something as unfortunate as that for him to sort of persevere I think is uh, is awesome they were chucking and ducking not long after that it was it was a hell of a fight you know, uh, I don't know what the bonuses are yet. We have Jeremy Lambert over on the FightfulMMA.com or the Fightful MMA Twitter account. Go give us a follow. He'll keep us updated on that as well. Uh, he do- Shaw does say that Romero missing weight won't stop him from getting a title shot uh, against Whitaker. What do you think about that? Because, I mean, he did just beat Whitaker, or Whitaker did just beat him last year. I mean, the, at this point, if you can figure out the pieces, if they can work, I mean, there's people saying that Calvin Gaslam, you know, should deserve it, but then he just lost a Weidman like a fight before that. So yeah. it, it's, it's, I don't know, it's tough. It's really, I, I wouldn't be upset if they did the rematch right now. The other thing we have to remember with Romero, I mean, it doesn't look like he's slowing down, but he is, he's, you know, he's yeah. 40. Um, so, I mean, how much longer does he plan to fight? Who knows? But So maybe you do cash in on that now, but. I don't know. I, I think um, I think it's tough because who really could – I mean, Romero, who would Romero fight? I guess it would be like a Weidman or maybe do the Jacare rematch. I don't know. Um, but but at this point, I, I think you give – I mean, this is a huge win for him. To knock out Rockhold the way he did and, you know, just in a highlight real fashion, I think uh, – I, 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 I wouldn't have a problem with him fighting Whitaker at this point. I know he missed weight, but he also beat Luke Rockhold. So. Personally, what I would do at this, at this stage, I would put on – because you don't know how long Whitaker's out right now. He might be out for a year for all we know. He's got a stomach infection. That stuff could reemerge. I would put on uh, Souza and Weidman, and I would put on Gasolum and Romero and just whoever. Like, like I, I can't remember the situation a few years ago. I think Machida was involved, but it's like whoever looked the most impressive 
out of that series of fights was going to get a title shot. And I, I think that's the way to do it, depending on when Whitaker's back, because uh, I, I do know that they're they're trying to get at least one, maybe two title fights on each show. But uh, as far as Jake Matthews goes, I hope he gets some sort of bonus for his win because he deserves it. Also, his sixth UFC win, he is 23 years old. If he wins one more before August, he'll join John Jones, one of his buddies, for at seven before that. Max Holloway had 10 before his 24th birthday, wow. which is insane to think. But I love that fight. I thought it was good outside of the really really weird eye gouge like that was that was horrible um Tyson Pedro had quite the submission victory and the thing is he didn't even have the double wrist lock like applied the way that you would like to you'd ideally want to shark fin the arm and kind of rotate the shoulder but uh he grabbed Safarov from a like a kind of kind of a lazy cage takedown attempt and just grabbed it did the had the Kimura sweep, double wrist lock sweep, put him to bed. Tyson Pedro getting getting it done what it, like he needed to. He's a top 15 guy fighting a guy out of the top 15. He ran into Eler Latifi in September, and that kind of derailed his hype train a little bit because Eler Latifi capitalized on what he knew that Tyson Pedro wasn't necessarily good at. But uh, back on the right track here. Yeah, and again, good matchmaking here as well. You know, you've got a 26-year-old who's, you know, fighting at home, and he and he's facing a guy who had a bit of a layoff. I mean, we have to remember uh, Serafov uh, hadn't fought since I think it was December of 2016. So, um, and he was coming off a loss as well. So, you know, you give him a nice highlight reel win, which is what he got, and now you move forward and and you know you match him up accordingly, and and you get back on that horse, and uh, you know you see what happens. You know, Latifi's a pretty good fighter for that division, so losing to him, I don't think it's a huge step back. But I mean, he's sort of in that middle tier now and uh you know no need to rush this guy he's 26 years old the division's a little bit uh you know kind of big drop off after the top three so to speak but uh give this guy some time and i think uh you know the ufc should be anytime they have a card in australia they should be putting these you know younger guys on there and giving them the the spotlight and really sort of you know building it around and uh i thought it was a great performance tonight i'd like to see uh safarov get another fight i mean they threw him in there unranked against a couple of guys who at the time were top 15 guys just give him one more why not uh and i mean with with as many weight cut misses and like injuries as we've had you could slide him in there at some point just here formiga defeated ben win and formiga this title shot has like eluded him for so long this was a top 10 win for him he's now won three out of four Probably his best streak outside of uh, the the Jorgensen, Makovsky, Wilson Hayes wins, and you know he dropped a fight to Henry Cejudo that probably would have gotten him a title shot had he won. Do you think Formiga can get to that point? Because it seems like the UFC has been keen on the idea of him getting a title shot. He was in the tournament, or the he had the the fight with Dodson back in the day, which would have gotten him a title fight. And uh, it looked like they were putting him in position against Cejudo. But his issue has always been fighting those guys, the the John Dodsons, the Benavidez, the McCalls, Cejudo, Borg, that have reached the top of the division. He's ran into trouble there. He didn't yeah. run into trouble tonight. He pinned Ben Wynn, and uh, Ben Wynn's defensive wrestling has been like his kind of his downfall, and that opened up a sick spinning back fist that set up a rear naked choke. Yeah, this fight couldn't have gone better for Formiga. He does, you know, highlight reel win. Uh, he gets the, you know, spinning back, back fist to submission. Uh, just a great performance. And, you know, when was the last time we said that about a flyweight fight, to be honest? I mean, you don't really see anything that notable, uh, you know, especially with guys that aren't named Demetrius Johnson. So uh, yeah. one thing I, you know, I pointed out tonight, you know, this is, his, uh, uh, you know, um, Formiga hasn't won two fights in a row in the UFC since like 2015. So, I mean, it just goes to show he's, you know, while he is, you know, getting some of these impressive wins, he's also been very inconsistent as far as creating momentum and hopefully this is a you know a sign of things to to turn a corner here because uh i mean right now flyweight needs contenders and i think he's probably your guy at this point uh, especially getting an impressive win here um you know if, if demetrius is fighting tj dillashaw you know give him a high higher ranked guy at this point uh you know you know sort of figure it out i know he's fought a lot of those guys already but you know if we're just looking here um you know maybe give him well i mean the thing is pettis, pettis is coming off a loss maybe you give him i don't know you don't want to ruin you don't want to ruin a contender but who else is there yeah maybe you um 
this might be a bit of a jump. Maybe you give him someone like Nicolau or something. I don't know. I just, I, I yeah. think like, like, like you kind of, you, you got to see what else is out there. I mean, here's a guy who's had, you know, it's, he's been set up. It seems like to be, you know, on the cusp of a title shot and he's blown it. So, you know, at this point, if he really is a guy that's going to hang with Demetrius Johnson, maybe you got to fight an up and coming prospect or something like that. Uh, so. Davison uh, Figueredo, I, I believe his name is. He's three yeah. in the UFC. Yeah. That, that's and, another and the thing is what, Formiga came in around that time where we didn't know who the best flyweight in the world was because they fought like unless you were well versed in like Tachi Palace fights, you just weren't that sure who maybe the best in the world was. There were so many question marks around it because a lot of them were fighting in 135 at that point. But I thought that he looked great. Uh, Also, Izzy Adesanya defeated Rob Wilkinson and he, he overcame some adversity and put together just a disgusting combo. There were there were some some troubling things like he didn't fight the underhooks and stuff like that. But I mean, you're talking about a guy who is very much a kickboxer who's 12 and 0 defeated Melvin Gillard last year, which you know isn't saying a lot these days. But yeah, well, I was I was gonna say they brought that up on the broadcast, and I'm like, is that really notable at this point? You know, no, Melvin it's Gillard, it's sad, man. It's yeah, sad. I mean, it's it's really sad. Actually, Melvin's fighting this month. I don't know if you saw. Uh, he's fighting someone, and he fights every month. He he's lost his last like three fights by first round knockout. It's 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 not pretty. We're we're getting on the the verge of a of one of those. Oh, uh, he's, he's lost like I think he's lost seven straight fights. No, he had he had the win over Rickles, but it got overturned because he got was he it cocaine? Popped. I can't remember. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was it was something he got popped for. Yeah, anyway, yeah, banned substance. So he technically hasn't won in his last seven fights. But oh man, and uh, you know it's funny because I've I've said this on the show before. I think on the night that Melvin Gillard defeated Evan Dunham. He would have beaten any lightweight in the world that night. I don't know that I've seen a better performance out of him, and I thought he was at the top. But this was not the Gillard Adesanya beat. But no, they just had to mention on the broadcast just to get some sort yeah. of correlation there. I, I guess. I mean, I, I get it, but uh, no, is Israel is he? Uh, he he looked great tonight. You know, um, again, there are some areas to improve on, but it, it's definitely uh, you know we talked about the middleweight division sort of you know being kind of cluttered at the moment, but you know you don't have a ton of prospects, so it's good to have him in the mix here. Don't rush him. I see people already talking about you know giving him. I don't know. I've seen some different names out there, but just don't rush this guy. He's he's exciting. He's clearly good on the mic. Let's you talking about post fight. Uh, you know, um, uh, getting on the mic there. He was he was great. Re- reminded me a lot of. They, they mentioned the parallels between him and John Jones. I got that a lot just from even the way he talks. It's very interesting. Uh, so th- this guy's this guy's great. Um, you know, get him in the U.S. Let's. Uh, Let's let's get some American uh, exposure there because this guy's exciting, and I think that's what they need in the division is getting uh, exciting prospects like this. Yeah, uh, outside of that, I thought that sometimes his knees would set up body locks and clinches from Wilkinson, and that's something I'm sure that he'll learn like not to do. He had trouble like avoiding avoiding some transitional grappling scenarios, which he's going to. He's very much a pure striker, so uh, that was another good performance. Alexander Volkanovsky, that guy's looking good. He put a beating on Jeremy Kennedy. What is it about these guys? They talk to you and they get their asses kicked. Like, are, are you cursed? Curtis <laughs> no, no. broke that, though. Well, Andrew should have won last week. Let's point that he out. Should have. Yeah. Yes, he should um, have. Yeah, so interesting thing about this. Like, Kennedy wanted this fight. Like, he asked for it even before. I mean, they were supposed to fight a couple months back, and Kennedy got injured. So he takes this fight in Volkanovsky's backyard. I mean, I think for him, he just wanted to figure out where he sort of fits in the division. And obviously, he's got a lot of work to do. I mean, I think, you know, on paper, this, you know, the odds and everything was, was a bit closer than people thought. But this was this wasn't close at all. Basically, when Kennedy was taken down, he seemed kind of like a fish out of water. He didn't really know what to do to get back up. And he was eating shots. And you know what? I, as much as people are already starting to write off Kennedy or whatever, I think this in some ways is good for him because he'll learn from this uh, the same way that, you know, like a Rory McDonald, you know, gets a TKO loss to Carlos Condit and goes to try star and gets better I, I sort of look at this with with kennedy as well you know being 25 years old going into someone's backyard like this i think you can only take uh, good things away from it but let's talk about volkanovsky uh just a uh, dominant dominant performance and again um another guy i'd like to see them bring over to the states and and really sort of showcase his skill set because he's another guy you know very charismatic and and obviously has a pretty exciting style as well too you know with the ground and pound and everything so um you know just very impressed by him and and you know 17 and one that is not a, you know, I mean, that that's not a record to, you know, think twice at. So I, I'd really like to see him fight, you know, a, a nice veteran after this. I think he called out, uh, was it Andre Feely and, and Stevens? Um, you know, do him and Feely. I'd love to see that fight. That would be great. Oh, I would too. That That's a good one. One of my favorite things about this fight was 
when Kennedy grabbed a single leg and Volkanovsky was able to turn the corner quicker than he was and just threw him down to the ground. Yeah. I was like, ooh, wow. Uh, this fight was a major ass kicking for Volkanovsky. He's now 4-0 and in the UFC. And like you said, 17-1 and has lost – or he's won like 14 fights in a row. What a great performance. What a great yeah. performance. And a lot of the guys that the UFC needed to win tonight did, even if they weren't necessarily from the local area, like Curtis Blades, they needed him to win. Mark Hunt will probably draw the same number of people the next time he's there, whether he would have won or lost this fight. Uh, Taitu Ivasa, they needed him to win because he he's just got that. Jake Matthews, local guy, he won and he beat uh, Lee, who was on a hot streak in doing so. Tyson Pedro, a top 15 guy, won. Uh, Adesanya, prospect, won. Volkanovski, local guy, prospect, won. Formiga, a guy near the top of the division uh, for the title, won. What else on this show stood out to you? Well, Ross Pearson lives another day. Gets the win over uh, (laughs) Hirota. And again, when I saw this, you know, this uh, matchup on paper, I said they want Ross Pearson to get this win, and and that's good. You know, it's Ross is an exciting guy. People, he's only thirty three. I mean, it's not like he's like when you look at Ross Pearson, you think of the wars he's been in. You're thinking mid thirties, maybe close to forty, but he's he's still a relatively young guy. And uh, you know, fighting a guy in Hirota, he missed weight against Charles Rosa. The fight was canceled, and then of course he hadn't fought. I think uh, until like a year before that. So it's been a while for him. So you know, just factoring that in, you got Pearson, who's you know a guy who's you know he's coming off. A knockout so he really needed to sort of show that you know he still can stick around and uh, I thought that was a sort of a feel-good story not that Pearson's gonna you know go on some title run after this but it is nice to see him sort of stick around because I think he had four losses in a row or something yes, like that and uh you know that most people get cut after three but I think because of the fact he's an exciting guy uh he lives to see another day so so that to me was kind of a, a feel-good story uh, as far as uh, something that happened on the prelims back in the day it used to be two sometimes one yeah well, you like, still get you still get guys that, that have one one fights uh, every yeah. now and then get get cut. Um, yeah. Yeah. A lot of times they'll they'll bring guys in on short notice fights. They'll give them that one loss because you know it's almost almost expected to some degree, and give them one more, and then they're gone because uh, many of those guys shouldn't have even been there to begin with. They're just a warm body to throw Killer. in in a yeah. cage. But they gave they gave Ross Pearson as much leeway as they could, and the right opponent, and he won. So. Like I think he's twenty four fights deep in the UFC. Crazy, yeah, yeah so, it is nuts. This show, it's it's not going to do big numbers. What kind of numbers do you think we're looking at here? It's tough to say. I mean, I think I just I kind of gauge it on like social media and then everything else. Um, I, I don't really know like a specific number I could put it on, but I'll just say that it's it's probably going to do below average of what a normal card does. I mean, the, the Rockhold and uh, you know e- even with Whitaker being out, I think in some ways that th- this fight was almost a little bit more exciting for the for the average fan because people know Romero from you know knocking out Weidman and everything else. So I think that uh, I think it'll do okay. But again, it was sort of a top heavy card. If you look down here, I mean, I'm looking at this card. And this reminds me of like a Canadian card that they would have. And, yeah. and that's usually like a fight night. So, um, you know, I don't, I'm not expecting anything big. I, I don't think there were people, uh, you know, I, I, di- I didn't get texts from my friends saying, oh, I got to rush home and watch this fight. I think it's, uh, I'll catch it the next day type conversation. Yeah, it's funny because towards the end of last year, I was complimenting the UFC for really stacking their show. Even if not for, for marquee names, then for fun, fun fights on paper. This, I wouldn't have said, was like a, a super fun fight on paper because a lot of these could have been some strikers getting laid on for a while, which which a lot of people accuse the co-main event of being, I didn't see that. I had somebody calling Blades the the heavyweight John Fitch, and I was like, you're high off your ass. He yeah. threw punches. He threw elbows. He he was working, and he not only that, he took Mark Hunt down about a dozen times, but this was a fun show. I enjoyed the show. A lot of great finishes. A lot of a lot of optimism on this show moving forward in the future. So a, a good show overall. I mean, it, like I said, nothing world changing in that regard. No new champion at all. No. But uh, we got Blades on the the post fight. He wants to be in the video game. Uh, he misses an opportunity to call out Kane Velasquez on the broadcast. He called him out in the uh, post in the post fight presser. What do you think about Curtis Blades and Kane Velasquez? Kane hasn't fought in, I think, since the Civil War. Yeah, something like that. It was it was uh, back when they were doing the Back to the Future movies, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, great fight. Um, again, like, you know, Kane's been out forever. 
DC's fighting Stipe. Kane needs a dance partner. I, I don't think people want to see him fight Junior Dos Santos again. And Dos Santos, I think, is still out anyway. So let's do it up. Another prospect. I like versus, that. You know, I, I think it makes so much sense. If Kane's ready to go, let's do it. And by the way, get a get a backup fight for for uh, Kane because in case something happens, you just have to. Oh yeah, I would I would have a couple of big heavyweight fights on that card. Have that as a co-main and something underneath it. Kind of slide that in there. You might want to have another opponent for Curtis Blades because Kane might not make it. One other thing I just want to mention about this card uh, that we didn't talk about: uh, Jimmy Smith uh, making his debut on the commentary oh my booth. God, it was great, seamless, seamless. Yeah, I, I really, um, you know, I saw some people tweeting about this, and I agree. It felt like him and Anik had been working for years. It really was uh, like to me, a good broadcast is where you don't notice. Like it just, you don't have to point anything out because it's just so smooth. And that's sort of what we got tonight. I mean, there's no, you know, blunders, no mistakes, uh, just lots of good insight. Um, you know, I felt the, you know, from, from start to finish, I thought Jimmy Smith did a great job. And I, I think, you know, Bellator made a huge mistake in my opinion, letting oh, yeah. him go because uh, he's just so knowledgeable. And I think the UFC really gained sort of uh, someone on their, on their A side. All due respect to Jay Glazer and, and the guys that they have, over at Bellator, I thought they did a pretty good job last time, but it seemed like they lost their identity with Jimmy Smith being gone because I'm always used to, even if I'm like kind of working and not paying attention to what's going on on Bellator, used to hearing that voice out of like my right ear. I'm used to hearing Jimmy Smith calling the action and, and offering insight, and he fit in so well. This is the golden age for UFC color commentators because I think that Daniel Cormier is exceptional. If Dominic Cruz added a little more pep, I think that he would become more popular. Uh, and Joe Rogan, you know, I like Joe Rogan with a Dominic Cruz, especially, and with a Daniel Cormier. And now you got Jimmy Smith. And yeah. so you're going to have great color commentators on almost any broadcast. So I think it's, I think it's great. We have the Holy Smokes MMA Podcast Tuesday, guys. Make sure you all tune in. We uh, Every week we feature guests or pros picks that James Lynch gets for us. Like, he interviews some of the best names. I said to James, I think it was, or at least I said it uh, on the air, now whenever fights are announced, we have a thumbnail from one of your video interviews from Fightful that goes up with it because I think this week alone you interviewed half the roster. Yeah, it's a lot. I actually added it up today because I was just curious. Because you know, I was I was uh, I was on vacation like the last two yeah. weeks. I was, trying, I was trying to work in between here, and uh, I did for all the outlets I worked for. I did twenty seven interviews this week. My Not God, um, and, and a, a good chunk of those for Fightful. So uh, yeah, it, it gets busy. But I mean, I just always think like I want to get these fighters before someone else does, or I want to get you know. And it's not like I'm doing it too far in advance. So because uh, you know we've had some injuries uh, here and there too. So. Uh, you know, just, uh, it's been, you know, I love doing this. So it's, uh, it, it works out great. And one of the things I like is you're so good about getting up and coming guys that a lot of people don't even think to interview. And then they turn into uh, Colby Covington yeah. and look at, look at Colby Covington, like, and Zach Freeman, you were, he called you out at the post fight press. Good way, in a good way. Yeah. yeah. Because you were the only person that would talk to him. Yeah. And again, that was from, you know, I think I mentioned this on the industry podcast, but I mean, Freeman, I interviewed uh, back when he was supposed to fight for Titan FC and or I was supposed to interview him for Titan FC and then that card got canceled. And then we ended up, uh, I ended up interviewing him for RFA and then he's fighting Aaron Pico. And then I'm like, oh, well, you know, I, I remember yeah. I have his number, so I'll get a hold of him. And it just worked out well because, of course, he won that night. So, uh, so you know, it's I think for anyone watching out there, you know, interview – you got to interview everyone. I think it's important because you never know what's going to happen. Like Eric Anders just fought last week, and he headlined an event. I mean, I interviewed him after a second pro fight. Yeah. Thought, Here's a guy who's, you know, an NCAA football champion, and he's an MMA. This is an interesting story to me. So I always kept tabs on him and always did interviews with him, and, and now look at him. So it's, uh, it's good to get everyone because there's always interesting stories out there. I used to get offered interviews from TNA Wrestling all the time. And my boss would be like, do you even care? Do you want to interview this guy? And I'm like, yeah. And now I have about a half a dozen people who work for WWE in my phone if I need to get a hold of them for anything because they had complete roster turnover. I remember uh, when I worked for a small outlet and they said, hey, would you want to interview Matt Riddle? Like, I know he doesn't have as big a name as he used to. And we talked pro wrestling four years ago. Ended up doing a show with the guy. You never know what will happen. You never know what will happen. So, guys, make sure you all subscribe at youtube.com slash Fightful. Also, subscribe to uh, James's page as well. And head over to Fightful.com, FightfulMMA.com. We have all kinds of news up there for you. 
all kinds of exclusives. Go to that tab. Uh, James has pros picks that go up all the time too. Lots of stuff. And James, where can they follow you on Twitter? Yeah, that's the easiest way to find all my work uh, at Lynch on Sports. Uh, Going to be doing a bunch of stuff this week as far as interviews and everything. Got some stuff scheduled on uh, on Monday. Uh, don't want to reveal those yet because I, I never like to announce ahead of time if I'm interviewing someone in case something happens. But I got a couple good interviews lined up on Monday, so uh, stay tuned for that. And of course, the MMA Industry Podcast returning this Thursday. Love that show. Uh, it's uh, we had a great show last week with with Farah. Uh, if you haven't, if you guys haven't seen that one, it was just uh, it was it was great. So uh, definitely check that out. Steiner. What's that? Want to sign her? Yeah. Oh, she's great. She's awesome. She's yeah. awesome. Hey, that show is a pretty good recruiting tool for me too. There you go. <laughs> seeing these people. Speaking of like, up and comers, yeah, I'm getting the uh, getting the. I'm trying to get. You know, I'm going to get a mix. I'm going to try and get some bigger names going forward. As far as you know, like your your Ariel Hawanis, who's who, by the way, has agreed to do the show. Uh, Chuck Mendenhall, guys like that, they, they will come on in, in later times. But I like getting the you know the up and comers. There's a lot of really well, good journalists out there, and you, you uh, already had me so well, of course yeah that was the first guest and joe we yeah gotta get jimmy on. I, we gotta get jimmy on at some point too get the, get yeah. the fightful trifecta also before we go uh somebody said your tim interview johnson or tim johnson interview about the gofundme was very cool and somebody mentioned paul felder also another excellent commentator very good guys follow me at sean ross app follow us at fightful online subscribe like thumbs up let people know about it our mma site is growing rapidly you got to get the word out for us. Until next time, guys, we are out. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.